0: Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Dear Doc Podcast. Uh, today we're uh, we're with Mr. Paul Edwards again of Cedar uh, Solutions, and man, he's got some real juicy stuff for us to uh, to kick around today. Uh, Paul, thank you for joining us again. Man, you give us so much of your time and your expertise. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Chris. So you were telling me you got a couple of really good juicy ones from the forums this week. Um, So I'm I'm assuming some from my group, some from other groups. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about your uh, about what we have on the on the board today for discussion. Okay, so, um, you know,
1: going back a couple of weeks, kind of just hanging out, looking at some of the questions, I found uh, lots of great questions, very common, Chris, and, you know, for the most part, a lot of the guidance that is being shared by other folks in the forum is pretty good, uh, but there's some things getting missed, and there's a few things that are being advised that aren't exactly good ideas, I don't think, Okay, and so I just kind of want to go through and add some support to this and some, maybe some, uh, you know, better ways to go about uh, doing some of the things that you guys are trying to accomplish and give you some cautionary tales. Cause there's some, you know, Chris, there's always the compliance side of it. So there's the Absolutely. practical nature of I've got this problem in my office, I got to solve it. And where uh, you know, we come in is okay, let's solve that problem in a consistent way, but let's do it uh, within the confines of whatever,
0: the darn rules are, the state rule, the city rule, the right. federal rule, whatever that is. And, and, and a lot of times, Paul, whenever mm-hmm. you give advice, you'll tell us, okay, so legally you can do this, but ideally this is where you would go because this is just a more defensible position. And so but when it's yeah. strict law, I want you to tell yep. people, hey, this is illegal, can't have it happen. And when it's a best right. practice, I want you to tell them that too, because there seems to be some confusion on that
1: yeah and you know look i'm practical too i mean you, sometimes you're gonna you you're, you just need to solve the problem and you're just gonna you know wh- however it unfolds in front of you you're gonna do what's best for your business but i want to get you as close to the you know the right side of the law as i possibly can absolutely so you want to jump in can i jump in and let's just uh, let's absolutely. start Absolutely. so tell tell us what the first uh, deer doc letter was or what the first post was Okay, so look, I'm going to go to one that was very recent. I'll uh, read it real quick. We're going to start a monthly bonus system for our office based on collections. Does I read that bonus, Yeah, does the bonus have to go through payroll? Does it have to be direct deposited um, in which it would be, in parentheses, they said it would be taxed at a certain rate? Um, and they'd appreciate any insight um, as this is the first time that they're doing this. And we got back lots of answers on the string that were pretty good. Okay. Uh, but there's some things about bonus systems that a lot of people don't understand. Your payroll company doesn't understand. And by the way, Chris, they don't care. They, you just send the information over to them. They, they process it through payroll. They put it in the employee's bank account or in their paycheck. And that's, that's the extent of what they have to do. Um, what I'm about to tell you is kind of disturbing. And it's almost a reason not to do bonus programs. And oh. I am quite honestly... I'm, I'm for bonus programs. When they're run well, they're clearly defined. You know what you're doing. There's a purpose. They can be incredibly engaging. But um, I think, Chris, you know, you, you, it, they they have to change over time. They work better for some things than others. It's not just fix this with a bonus program. That's not how that
0: works. And, and I'm going to guess, uh, and, and wild-ass guess here, guys, because I don't know yeah. what all knows, but I'm going to guess that in the state of California, if you suddenly stop giving bonuses, it's tantamount to reducing someone's salary, and you're going to get in trouble for it. You have to be
1: careful about that. So I'm going to give everybody a list. California (laughs) is Well, they're all they're all like that. Actually, you have to give someone um, you have to give someone notice if you're going to change their pay. But California is particularly uh, tough on that, and it's kind of a new rule uh, that they have in place. Uh, All right.
0: uh, So so start us off. Tell us tell us what we need to know, Paul.
1: Okay. So the first thing is is yes, it must go through payroll. Um, and and you just have to run it through payroll. You report it. Um, what you don't realize is that you have to, when you put it through payroll and you give someone a bonus, let's say the bonus ran for uh, December, Chris, um, and you had an employee making $15 an hour and you give, and they worked, um, uh, you know, more than 40 hours, a couple of weeks during December because it was really busy. Um, And I want you to think about this, especially so with hygienists because they're higher paying and, let's give them, uh, it was an amazing month and everybody got an extra $600. So since the bonus period was during the month of December and everybody's already been paid because here we are in January and Chris, we're just figuring out what the bonus is supposed to be. We're getting ready to include it in their next paycheck on the 15th. What what your uh, payroll company has to do is go back and look at the base rate of pay of $15, the number of hours they worked during the month, Take that $500 bonus, add it to how much they got uh, paid per hour, and that raises their their base rate of pay. Does that that make sense, Chris, so far? That's exactly what I thought you were going to say. And now, since we've raised their base rate of pay, those five or six or 10 or 20 hours of overtime that they worked are now owed more pay. That's because their base rate of pay. We didn't actually know it because it was a bonus system, which would have affect that. Right, now, right. where does this not affect you? If your employees are not working overtime, then this does not affect them. They, you don't have to go back and make this change. You just run your you just run your bonus system. You they they deduct for it. They deduct social security and all that stuff from it, and it gets added to their next check. Okay, I, do, think I
0: see. A, I think I see a trap here, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's a bonus paid on percentage, then it's also a commission. It it is. it falls under some other laws.
1: Yeah, it does. It falls underneath the wage and hour laws, and it's a well-known trap. So when the investigator comes in, if there's a complaint uh, or a random on it, which are far less likely, um, you know, you fire somebody, they complain that, that, then they come in and they do a quick audit. This is one of the things that the investigators are trained to uh, ask, do you have a bonus system in place? Mm-hmm. And, and, and by the way, they're pulling all your records, they're pulling all your uh, timekeeping, they're pulling your bank records. Um, when wage and hour comes in, um, it's, it's worse than the IRS. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, um, let's just talk about the, uh, Let's just talk about the other things I want you to consider. So first of all, I want you to go back and I want you to know that you have to go back and adjust any hours that are worked, if they work overtime and pay more overtime for the bonus period, plus pay them their bonus. Um, You also need to, in a policy account for eligibility, what happens if they get fired or they quit, what happens if they go out on leave. And you also need to, in writing, reserve your right to amend, change, or discontinue the program with notice. So all of that goes into a policy. So here at CEDAR, when we work with a a practice that has a bonus system in place, we don't really care what the bonus system is. Uh, You guys use all kinds of different schemes that are effective for you. But what does matter is that this policy is in the book and it basically says, look, in order to be eligible for the uh, uh, bonus, you must work the entire bonus period. If you quit or are fired midway, you are not eligible for any portion. So right. there's a, there's a wage and hour notice there. Uh, what happens if someone is in a bonus period? And they go out on leave. They get injured. They get they go out on uh, maternity leave or anything like that. Uh, again, the answer is is while you're you know out on leave, you are not eligible for your portion of the bonus or any portion of it. And then, as I said, you want to make sure that you reserve your right to amend, change, or discontinue the program at any time, so long as you do that with notice. So that's right. bonuses, okay?
0: So I'll, I'll tell you um, the commission thing. I I knew because I think I told you I was looking at uh, at investing in a non-dental business. I ended up buying that dojo, and okay. uh, so whenever I got in there, I was right. Well, it's jujitsu, so it's less of this <laughs> and more less this and, of this and more of this. this yeah. So um, wait a minute. It's I'll, uh, I'll, right. Exactly. We'll tap out here. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, when we got in there, I found that all the employees were being paid on commission only.
1: And oh, yeah. That can't out. happen. Was,
0: luckily, we had shut the business down entirely and renamed the business and gotten a new EIN. So a lot of that wasn't- Their early. problem,
1: not yours. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and, and honestly, that's one of the reasons that I did it because I wanted to distance myself from any financial decisions they've made. But right. guys, you can't pay people on straight commission. It must be minimum wage plus commission. You can't pay right. That That's
1: exactly correct. And, and you need to know that hygienists are not uh, exempt employees, meaning they are not exempt from the overtime requirements. So just because you're a or highly compensated and on a commission system does not mean that you don't have to track
0: their hours and pay them overtime. So one question for you, because, you know, I always like to open myself up to getting yelled at by Paul. So okay. I'll tell you what I do. So when I do a bonus, it's generally a yearly bonus. And it's mm-hmm. not really a bonus at all. And it's understood it's a gift. I right. take my personal money. I pay yep. taxes on it. And then mm-hmm. I give it to my employees because from what I understand, it negates all of the legalities of a bonus system because it's a gift. Well, you know, I'm not a CPA, but
1: you don't have to give that money from yourself. Um, that is called a discretionary bonus. You could give it okay. from the business and write it off because I just want you to know really? that. So you don't have to pay taxes cool. on it. That's called a discretionary bonus. Taxes for me. Exactly. Uh, that's a discretionary bonus. And they, and so the one that we're talking about, the other one, that this monthly bonus, this is an outcome-based bonus. We're looking for things in order for that to be
0: accomplished. And that's, what the, that's the technical term for it. It almost seems as if the ideal yep. way to do this is to not call it a bonus. Mm-hmm. And if you have some sort of secret thing in your brain that you use to calculate it, you do that. But you you're never so... No, Chris. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I, I was waiting to see your, the look of horror <laughs> on your face when I said that. So look, frequency,
1: frequency matters. And so you can't have the secret thing. And, and Chris, you, you're going to get this as soon as I say it. You'll be like, yeah, that's, that's right. The, you, you, if you're not giving them the, the reason why they're going to get the bonus, then they're going to do the things they need to do. You know, see one more patient, stay on schedule, run three lines of hygiene. If that's what you need to do that day, you know, three columns of hygiene or what, whatever needs to happen. Um, so yeah, you want to communicate your bonus to them. Outcome-based bonuses are these that are given on a regular basis, monthly, quarterly, whatever that is. Those have to go through this process that I've been
0: speaking to. I I figured it would be a good story. Yeah, end of the 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 year year bonus. Yeah, you don't have to go back and figure any overtime or anything. That's your discretionary bonus. Okay? Okay, guys. We're going to move on to our next topic. Don't forget, if you do have questions about this, um, I'm going to be posting this episode. Paul, I'm doing something new. I'm going to start posting episodes to the business of dentistry as well as to podcast, but I'm going to let people make comments under them. And the next time I bring you on, if there were any really great comments, I'll share those comments with you. Obviously you can address them and say, Hey, look, the last time I was on, we talked about this. Someone had these questions. It just, it occurred to me uh, last week that that might be a good thing for us to do. No, it'd be a great thing. And Chris, if
1: they're if they're commenting, you want to pull me in to uh, argue, uh, cajole, or verify whatever everybody's saying. I'm happy to get in there and be the bad guy or the good guy if I can be. I'd rather be the good guy.
0: Well, um, we we may I, even just bring you we may even bring you on for just some uh, some short lives or something like that. But we're okay. going to figure it out. I just thought that would be a great way to generate more conversation about this. No, and I love it. A lot it. of trouble. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, Okay, so
1: next one, uh, we've got a hygienist who's killing her equipment lately. By the way, this is really common. Uh, Banging sensor heads around, dropping trays. Last week, she screwed up a, a Profi coupler. Um, um, she locked some threads on a, on a piece of equipment, um, and, and it's really causing a lot of problems. Doctor had, you know, you guys are all mechanics, so you go in there and fix this stuff yourself. Let, uh, let me guess, it said, how can I make her pay for
0: this? Can I take it out of her check? Because I hear that yeah. all the time.
1: Yeah. What can I do to make her pay for this? Can I, can I deduct the amount from her check? Um, look, the answer is for the most part, no. Um, there are some States that allow some deductions of this nature. If someone is doing something kind of facetiously, but not absent-mindedly. So for the most part, my answer to this question is no, you can't deduct it uh, from it. And then there were a lot of people on the string who were like, fire her.
0: Um, you know, that would be a big, no. <laughs> well, I mean you could fire her for it, but, but document, document, document.
1: Yeah, and then you gotta hire somebody else. And so what I would say to begin with is just talk to her. So so here we go. I'm going to the I'm gonna to go to the um to the human side of human resources, to the solution mm-hmm. side. So I would talk to her and what I would do is I tally up what she's broken and all the little stuff that she's doing, and I tell her about the issue, I tell her about the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and cost in my time, uh, cost and actual equipment, uh, just cost and downtime and distraction and how frustrating, and you could even speak to it in terms of frustration for yourself. Um, if, if that, if you're the doctor and you're talking to her, um, and so what I'm looking at is I'm looking at telling her, look, this is the cost. This is the impact. And here's what I need you to do going forward. So it's the correction that I'm looking for from that employee going forward, you know, you know, Chris, you probably get this correction. Uh, you know, are you married, Chris? I didn't even ask you that. Are you married? Absolutely. So you're probably get to uh, this kind of correction probably once a day once you get home. Some kind of, you know, Chris, this is the problem. This
0: is the impact. Yeah. And this is the correction I need from you. Stop doing that. So Mine, mine's, uh, mine's more. She just uh, she says, you will do this now. <laughs> I just I do just that. do what she says. Yeah, exactly. So uh,
1: so you you know you'll know, use that method to communicate to her, you know, and, and you let her know. Look, if you break anything else, and I mean for quite some time, I, I I mean for the next you know few months, I'm probably going to let you go for it because it's a distraction and it's not okay. Um, and then talk to her about being more present. <laughs> Ask her. Um, ask her if it's something that she wants to work on. Look, I I need you to work on this. Do you want to, do you want to get better at this because you can't keep breaking things. And likewise, some things are going to break. If something just breaks, I don't want you to hide it or be afraid, but this thing where you're breaking things because you're not taking time to be present, that's a problem for me. Um, you you know, so you're going to try to connect her actions what she's doing to the impact of what she's doing, you know, of, of what's, you know, the outcome is. And then then the last thing that I would add to this, Chris, is if she scoffs at your attempt to enroll her into not breaking things, then fire her. Yep. Like if she looks at you and says, Oh my God, I wasn't really thinking about this. And you're right. I've been dropping a lot of stuff and I've been distracted here. And you just say, well, look, can you do better? And she says, I can do better. I will do better. Then
0: we're good to go. And let's see how she does. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll say, and I know that some caution should probably be exercised here. Well, first of all, though, I know Paul's next thing would probably be saying, make sure you document everything and put it in the record. Yep. Um, the, yep. the other thing, though, is in my experience, and this is more on the humanistic side of things rather than the human resource side, um, when something like this happens and there's a sudden change in behavior, usually there's a problem at home. Um, there is, be. especially if it's like this, this roller coaster up and down, mm-hmm a lot of times it's what they call a suppressive personality at home. And Paul, I know you have a lot of the same training where there's someone mm-hmm. at home who's making things tough for them. And it's, it's not that they're maliciously doing things. It's just their mind is a thousand miles away and they are more prone to accidents and they're more prone to forgetting things during mm-hmm. those periods. Sometimes just saying, hey, look, I've been noticing this. Are you okay? And if not, how can I help? It's a little bit yep. too personal sometimes, but you can always say, let me get you in contact with a professional who can help you with the problem you're having at home. Because I, I hate to see this kind of thing. Well, if it's something that's, you know, if they reveal
1: something to you that's happening at home, then, you know, you, you, there's various ways you can deal with it. I, I do encourage my employers to stay out of that stuff. Right. Um, and
0: I figured you were going to say that. That's why I said it's a little bit more humanistic with, side no, rather than human no. resources
1: look we're family here we're family here at cedar i have 35 employees we started with one um we we've maintained you know this relationship but we're still a professional organization it doesn't stop any of us from being professional um so i get it you guys are the same way um you, you just you know absolutely when you talk to the person about being present they may reveal some stuff to you and at that point you may decide they could use some extra help, or offer them some extra help, or just really hear them. And depending um,
0: on your state laws, if what they reveal is spousal abuse, you are you might, to report
1: it. Yeah, you might have to report something like that, or or you know take extra steps with them to give them to to give them some extra help to show them their shelters and stuff. There um, again, I try to stay out of I try to stay out of the home stuff until I absolutely have to be in it um, is my, is my general guidance. Okay. So let's move on to the next thing.
0: Um,
1: Oh, well, this was in here in this string. Um, um, are we going to call out
0: some bad advice?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there was some bad advice in this string because there was a lot of talk about firing her. Mm -hmm. Um, and someone on the string said, uh, it's not, it's, it's uh, not a good idea to give any reason if you're going to part ways with an employee, just decide. Say, say you decided to move in a different direction, that it's purely business, a purely business decision. There's no other explanation needed. And they said they actually prefer to do this over the phone. They prefer to fire over the phone. So we've kind of taken a left-hand turn here. And hey, we let's just do- text them instead. Well, look, if you don't, if you don't give a reason, no you <laughs> be surprised that they've been fired. Okay if you don't give them a re if you don't document what the reasons and you don't give them a reason, then they get to make the reason up themselves. So for instance, in, uh, Arizona, um, if you fire someone within three months of them having taken a sick day, which is mandated, it's, it's legally mandated. It is presumed that you are retaliating against them for having taken that state-mandated sick day that's that they're allowed to take. The way around that is to document the actual reason for firing them. Right. And so if you followed this guidance and didn't give them a reason, then you're actually just falling into the hands of it. And this is true in every situation. So is it would it be a bad idea to say, you know, the reason why I'm firing you is because you've gotten pregnant three times in the last four years, and now you're getting on my nerves? Well, that would be a terrible idea that, that, that if that's what you think you need to say, then don't say <coughs> this <laughs> sounds know. like something that's actually
0: occurred that you're speaking to here.
1: Paul. I, I'm not I'm I am I am not at liberty to <laughs> give further details. Uh, nonetheless, uh, so you always want to have a supportable reason and it doesn't have to be uh, uh, mean spirited mean spirited or anything. But again, it, you, you hope it's not a surprise. Most of the time it shouldn't be right. And you always want to give a reason in, in the termination letter. And, and by the way, giving a good supportable legal reason makes attorneys go away on the other side. So when, a, when a person comes in and they're uh, 52 years old uh, limping, got hurt on the job a year and a half ago and they say, I just got fired from my job attorney. What can you help me with? And he says, did they give you a reason? Um, I see that you're limping. Were you injured on the job? Um, You know, all of those things being what they are now, he or she's going to be like, well, let's look into this further. Did they give you a reason? Oh, let me see the letter. Oh, it says here that you were, um, um, you gave free treatment to uh, one of your friends and you were late seven times. Mm -hmm. Did you give away free treatment? And were you late? Yes, I was. Well, uh, then I can't help you. Uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna say, I can't help you with that.
0: They're uh, so, always very, very fearful about litigation. And one of, yeah. the, one of the things I would say, and Paul, you're actually the expert on this. So correct me if I'm wrong here. A lawyer is not going to take a case unless they have been paid a retainer or there is a great dearth of evidence that makes it look like they could possibly win and actually get a percentage of whatever they would earn from that. They yeah, they for- typically. It-
1: no they don't like to work for free and they typically don't want to have to do extra work so you when you have a really good set of policies and you have some decent processes and documentation in place and you're showing that your castle is relatively strong um they 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 think well i'm working for nothing because this person doesn't have any money so the only way i'm going to win is if if i'm going to get paid is if i win oh and by the way they're currently unemployed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. If you have good stuff in place, then they look at you and say, well, I, th- I should pick, we should pick a different castle. This is not a good case for me, but show up with no documentation, no reason. Um, and a person clearly in a protected class and, and you can have some problems on your hands.
0: So absolutely. absolutely. And I'd like to bring up again, a humanistic reason as opposed to a human resources reason yeah. it, For for telling people why they're being fired. First of all, it genuinely gives them an opportunity to improve themselves when they go somewhere else. And frankly, as an employer, I want everyone who ever leaves my practice to be better than they were when they got there because that's my right. to them.
1: Yep. I think as long as you can keep your conversation with the employee specific to the job. And you right. don't use generalizations like you're lazy or, you know, whatever those things are. And I think, Chris, you and I have talked about it. You and I may have a different version of what lazy is. As long as you can be specific with people, they may not love it at the time, but you are at least giving them a chance. And remember, we don't think first, let's fire. We think first, let's fix. Let's, let's talk. Let's say what the problem is and what we were looking for in the correction and give a person an opportunity. It. You and I need that, Chris. I mean, I need that. I'm not perfect.
0: Tell me what I'm not getting right. I'll work on it. I'll, I'll, I'll go you one further. Let's make a monetary argument for it. Um, I read, and this was back in the late 80s, and so it's probably greater now, but mm-hmm. it cost an average of $10,000 in lost production and actual money to train a new employee. And more. that's for an entry-level position. Yeah. I'm sure it's more now.
1: It's more, Chris. It's, if they're valuable and halfway smart, and, and they, as they get into that sixth and seventh month, there's, there's, uh, there's figures out there that it costs the cost of their salary to, to replace them. And the higher level they are, the more expensive it is. So, again, it, you know, all things being where they are, more difficult to find good people right now. Um, you know, hiring takes – unemployment you know, number so low. It's, yes, yeah, it's, it's really low right now. I, you know, I want to speak to that real quick. I want everybody to keep this in mind. There are lots of great people out there, what we what I call difference makers, working mm-hmm. at jobs that don't like where they work. Yep. So this idea that there aren't good people because unemployment's low is wrong. It's wrong thinking. So if you have a better position and situation for them and hey everybody, you're you're a freaking dental office, you're a medical office. You are not a grocery store where someone stands behind a counter who's incredibly brilliant, who's cutting meat all day long and doing the same thing over. They would die to come over and learn how to work in your office, and, and and could be amazing in your office. So there are amazing people out there. The better you make your workplace, you know, good good pay. Don't you don't have to give you don't have to you know go broke paying people. Decent benefits, you know, offer some portion of benefits, flexible scheduling if you can, you know, different things that you can offer. You can draw those people away from those, you know, mind numbing situations and get them into your practice. So I just wanted to touch on that. If if you're, you know, I, I keep seeing it, but I'm like, I can find good people. I take them away from bad businesses. I
0: take that's them away from bad managers and bad bosses.
1: Well, that's the same
0: way that uh, people get new patients from other offices too. Right?
1: I know much. I know. So yeah.
0: <clears throat> there's actually one I wanted to ask you about specifically, Paul. Well, um, sure. Did you to see the um, the chain uh, multiple posts uh, on the Dear Doc um, thread that uh, was about sexual harassment and firing an employee who claimed that the boss was sexually harassing her? Uh, said that, I did uh, not. I oh, did not. Well, you've got to see that one. Uh, she claimed that, um, and it may be without too much information, you can mm-hmm. some advice here, But, um, the, uh, it was a front desk and the doctor is a young married gentleman. And, Mm -hmm. um, he said that he needs some advice desperately. His front desk was, um, basically she wasn't doing her job and she was, had a nasty personality. And Mm -hmm. he, uh, he said, I went to fire her and she said, if you fire me, I'm going to tell everyone that the reason you fired me is because you want to sleep with me. And that, uh, that that's why you fired me because i said no so you asked for advice and everyone said hey look you know unless she has a burden of proof it's probably not going to happen counsel her write her up fire her she came back with a lawyer and she did She did, and um i don't know what the outcome of that one's going to be what would your advice to a doctor who's in that situation you've got a horrible employee and yep. you finally make the decision, and I know what my advice would be. My advice would be you should have had three write-ups to begin with because we're way too soft-hearted about that shit. Mm-hmm. Doc- but this guy, evidently he didn't document, and now this person is going to ruin his life. Uh, you know. So what's your, what's your take on this, Paul? What, how would you go about handling that situation initially and now handling now that she's brought a lawyer in?
1: Okay, so if you were a member of Cedar and we had our book in place – I'm going to take that. I'm just going to do that, everybody. This is not a pitch for Cedar. This is just me saying, I know I have everything in place. This is the reason why we don't work with your handbooks. um, And we don't provide support to people who don't have our handbooks in place. If you had our book in place, the first thing you would have is we would know that you have a very strong requirement that an employee report concerns. And we would have the specific language from the EEOC about sexual harassment, and that means that we would define what it is for the, for the employee and the policy. And we would say, if you experience this, you must report it, okay? Right. So that would be the first thing. So what I'm building now is the reason why that attorney might not take her case, all right? So you said, you, you, you alluded to another issue here. She's not performing well. So um, our argument should be, uh, we counseled her, we discussed her performance, we have several instances where we discussed what she was doing and not doing. She acknowledged each one of these corrective actions, and she will, if she doesn't, our policy says it's insubordination and we'll fire you We'll fire you for not signing. Uh, because by the way, we don't want you to agree, we're not asking you to agree to a darn thing. We need you to acknowledge we had the conversation. That's what we're looking for. So everybody be careful with the word agree inside of a corrective action. You know, the agreed upon correction and both of you sign it is a contract. Don't do that. And and so, okay, so back to the issue at hand. Um, we want a good well, reporting policy. Uh, we want documentation of why we're letting her go. And at the time that we let her go, we're going to let her go for the reasons that we've got um, documented. Now, she says, if you fire me... <coughs> I uh, am going to make the accusation that you um, that you uh, uh, so you know or fire me because I I
0: wouldn't I wouldn't let you make sexual advances to. I, I think I think okay if you had written them up already, my response would be really you've just made a threat of libel against me. You'll be hearing from my attorney and you're fired. Well, I I would I would encourage you to just
1: stop for a second. Go okay, and get Paul on the phone. And I would say, um, okay, Chris, w- let's just stop for a half a second, just for a half a day or a day here. And Chris, I'd like for you to uh, uh, have someone else step in. Uh, I w- if, if you were the one, you know, button heads with her, mm-hmm. I'd like for you to have someone step in and help you figure that out. And we'd say, look, you brought up uh, uh, an important concern. Um, we take this, this matter seriously. Mm-hmm. And we would like for you to be more specific in your complaint. So Chris, what we're doing now is we're getting a snapshot of her story that she's just made up in the chair. So like okay. within an hour, we're, so gonna, we're gonna have we're someone sitting, sitting, sitting with, with her reading. and she's gonna put okay. in her own words days, times, and instances when this occurred.
0: So if she refuses, because that's good. Uh,
1: that's that's okay because we're gonna communicate it to her in writing and we're gonna say you need to report it so that we can take action on it. Now, I'll take it a step further. If she refuses to give us any of that information, we will document that, and that would be a part of her termination, Mm -hmm. saying that you reported this, but you have given us nothing to go on, and therefore, we can't take any action on it. Our original decision stands. Your performance is not,
0: you're not doing well here, and we're letting you go. Now, I'm enjoying this, because you know the next thing she's going to say she's going to Uh, say cost workplace because it was the boss who was doing it, I didn't feel at ease with advising him. And now that's why I
1: brought in the other person. That's why I brought in the other person. That's not the boss. That's why the letter that we write for you is, you know, I, I just glossed over it. The communication that we would give you to give to her would be quite, um, open. Um, this is, this is serious. This is a serious matter. We did not realize that you felt this way. You've reported a matter of great concern to us. We take this reporting seriously. We need you to give us more details. Now we have all of that and we either have what she wrote, which is we all know BS right. or we have what she wrote um, and it's weird or we don't have what she wrote. Now you're opposing counsel. You come, she comes in your office. You say, this is interesting. He's got doctor in front of his name. I think I'm going to send a demand letter. That's what he did. I I guarantee you he sent a demand letter so I can make this all go away. I'm gonna sue you for retaliating against her. I'm gonna sue you for all these things. So we will then have documentation that when it, now you'd have to go get an attorney at this point. And that attorney would return to them, here's all the documentation for the reason why we fired her. Here's the policy which she signed, which she didn't follow. Here's the document which we gave to her and asked her for her story. By the way, here's her story or her lack of story, and it would just go on and on and on, mm-hmm. and in many instances, this would push that other attorney who remembers working for own contingency away. Right. It make him go. It would make him go away. That's yeah, not the cases
0: want. he can take that he can win easily. Absolutely, people who don't have
1: cedar. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely he he could go and move over so that was a great question and you know kind of a rabbit hole but it shows I you what believe you hadn't seen that when i was
0: looking forward to today because i just figured that was going to be the first thing you brought up
1: well i didn't see it on your string but i've seen it and answered it and dealt with it at least over over the last 15 years at least 10 times a year something of that nature comes in when we are when we're
0: executing firing on somebody all right so you have another um somewhere there oh by the way real quick um if they do have cedar and they do encounter something like this can you guys help them to find an attorney to represent them
1: if it goes to if it gets all the way to they need an attorney to represent them we have attorneys in every state so we have they they don't work for cedar but they're people that we refer to that handle cases i gotta tell you we don't have to do it very often but sometimes it comes out of the gate a mess because we didn't get the call and it's already a mess Um, and sometimes they come through the door Um, with a problem that is so severe. I mean, I had someone come to the door not long ago. uh, 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 He was up to 74 employees or something and wasn't tracking time and was paying everybody uh, a a salary. Um, And I mean, this is a wage and hour issue, which he wasn't getting sued for, but we needed to initiate a correction with all the employees. um, And he needed to to do it in a way that he wouldn't get in any trouble. Um, So he was cleaning up his mess is what he was doing.
0: Which so guess yes, we can get, we can get you help if you need it. Okay. So we have a couple more here and we have a little bit more time. So Paul, okay. um, what is our, our next one?
1: Um, I love this one. I put two together. I put these two okay. together. So I'm going to read them both and, and then I'll just talk about both of them. Um, one of your docs popped up, had a video or a picture up. Oh, had one of his employees in. said, one of the best investments you can make is taking care of your team. Uh, the last afternoon of every month is my team appreciation dental day. I do all kinds of dental work on my team. Today it's fillings, crowns, implants. I do Botox. I do Clear Correct, extractions, bone grafts, um, uh, Crown Leaf. I mean, the man is a machine. Um, and made alive, uh, a, a live video. Yes, Dr. Dunlop. Yep, yep, great guy. Um, I actually know of, of Ryan. Um, I love this. Um, my comment about this particular post was, I love this. I hope you got your HIPAA release for the video. She's a patient. So just remember, your your employees are your patients, and uh, and that that happens, uh, you know, while they're working for you. And remember, when you terminate a, an employee, you may be terminating a patient as well, maybe uh, firing a patient, and you need to address that um, okay. as a dentist you know, can't well, you
0: patient treatment. abandonment issues.
1: Exactly. So we, in all of our termination letters, we cover whether or not they can continue to come to, uh, come and have treatment. And there's a little bit more that's going to come up.
0: Oh, I um, bet there is. How about those people who, uh, initiated treatment on a patient, on, on a, on an employee and the employee. It's not done ready. yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll let you keep running then.
1: Okay. So, uh, we're going to get there too. Uh, so, so there's one more. Uh, what, so the next one that uh, was on the string or in the string a, a few days ago, uh, what's the office policy for dental treatment of staff? I think we know Ryan's policy. I do it all. Uh, they said they had 15 staff members. It's not possible to do all free treatment on everyone. Plus what if they were just a three month old employee and they quit after finishing the treatment in a month, I need some advice. Um, I want to be helpful, but I don't want to get played. I don't want to be given uh, people a bunch of stuff and, and have them play me on it. Look, First things first. I'm just going to speak to that last thing. When you give, you need to give open-handed, and expect you'll get what you get. And so it, that is true. I think everywhere in life, right, Chris? When I have a friend who needs money, I give it to them. I don't loan it to. It. If I'm going to help them, I just give it to them. And every now and then, they pay it back. But I don't. I don't. I don't give it in planning to get it back. And it should be that. I think we have to be that way along many things. Now little different story when we're talking about you're a dentist, busy, and you put somebody in your chair, you're giving away your services. Nonetheless, I think you need to give with an open hand. I can't do anything about the person leaving after you do it. Right. Here's what I will tell you in your policy. You do need to have a clear policy and an understanding what happens if someone quits or gets fired in the middle of the treatment plant. Right. And that is basically, unless they've done something egregious, like they've been, you know, stealing from you or something like that, you still got to deal with that um with the treatment if it's if finished that was going there. on yeah, there's still work that has to be done you need to you need to address what happens for them or a family member because a lot of times you guys are, are treating you know you have a limited family plan as well and you just say look you can come back we can complete the treatment it will be at our regular fees and it's in the policy and it lets people know that if you accept this free treatment there are strings with it on your side as well Um, You want to cap the benefit. Most people, you should cap the benefit. I just want you to be careful because, you know, you give one employee, Dr. Dunlop gives one employee $16,000 worth of uh, work. She's been with him for five years. He loves her to pieces. She's amazing. She deserves the $16,000 worth of work. Everybody's happy to do it. You got another employee you don't like so much. She needs $16,000 worth of work, but you give her two, a um, little, little problem there. You know, you didn't do the same thing for one employee that you did for the other. So I'd like for you to put, and I guess there's a pun in this, you cap the benefit. Get it? Get it, Chris? Dennis? Cap? it. Okay. Um, you're not even laughing at me. But if you want to put in a waiting period before they are eligible. By the way, most offices cap the benefit at around $2,500 per, per year. And if it goes over that, um, if it needs to go over that, they, they, they just, they address it. And they, they generally will do it, but still, you want to start somewhere. I um, want to talk about what you do if you take care of emergencies. Uh, again, address what happens if they quit or get fired. Address family. Not Don't just say family. Define what family means. Extended, kids, over age, living with you, whatever it is that you want to do. Great, great uncles, aunts, former lover. If you want to do that, you can. If you don't, you don't let them in. Um, uh, you want them clocked out um your cleanings are not free unless you the dentist do them so hygienists are not expected to ever work for free even though sometimes they'll offer to do it or it's a it don't you can't do that they do need that. to be paid um, but again you could do it yourself and most practices charge for labs you know if, if it costs they usually there's some fee for labs right. and that's especially so when when you know kids are coming in um you know Spouses, parents, or something like that. Maybe a little bit more work, Um, but those are all the things that I would address. And by the way, going back to you know Dr. Dunlop, you you got her in the chair. You're doing the video. Uh, There is a HIPAA release to be able to do that. It's not a big deal. Um, Something that we provide in our HIPAA training module. We provide all of those forms and everything. You just have her sign it, and you're good.
0: I actually have a, a media HIPAA release on every single patient. It's part of my standard intake. Because I, I, because I present things whenever I'm, whenever I'm teaching. And so yep. I, I tell them I may use your case. So, you know, and it says something effective uh, in, in all media forms now existing are to be invented in the future or something like that. Some mm-hmm. legally is crap for my lawyer. But I read that and I was like, yeah, oh, that's kind of interesting. I guess I can have like 3D holographs with my patients. I'm mm-hmm. not sure.
1: I'm not sure about that. I know I'm sure about the release. I think you should follow
0: your lawyer's guidance. I thought it was weird about the to be invented in the future stuff.
1: And that's the problem that I have with the HIPAA stuff is there's maybe something in there that means that you have to you you have to get a new release every uh, for every incident. I don't know if it's for every incident or not, but again, I I have HIPAA experts. I know a lot about HIPAA because we we've trained like 30,000 employees and we have the system, but
0: I don't know everything. So I still have to go to my HIPAA experts. I'll tell you, my standard my standard is to do just that. If we decide we're going to use their video or something yeah. like that, we will say, hey, you remember you signed this piece of paper? I just want to make sure you're still okay with it. So I need you to go ahead and sign it again. So you're getting their permission, and I love that. And I think if you do that, you're, a lot, you're much safer. I, I do it just as a CYA because a lot of – I don't want to give them an opportunity to be upset about something. And if they see something, yeah. like, wait, I didn't give you my permission. You're like, oh, you did? Don't you remember three years ago you signed this thing? So I just yeah. thought it was just a good practice to say, hey, you remember you signed this? Are you still cool with that? Yep, yeah.
1: yep. But I think it's a, a great human approach to it. How are we doing on time, Chris? I got a couple more.
0: I think, uh,
1: I think we can knock out a couple more of them. Okay, so my assistant comes to work with a cane. She sprained her ankle, away from work, barely walks. What should I do? Do I send her home till she gets better? She, uh, or she has to go to a doctor and get a note. What should be done in the situation? So there, there were a, a lot of good, a lot of good answers on the string. By the way, a lot of really good stuff. Just want to add some stuff to it. Okay, you want to yeah. document that you came in and why you feel she can't perform her job.
0: Mm-hmm. So.
1: By the way, this is called the interactive process, what I'm about to describe. And it is, again, a legal term of art. And if you, uh, in many instances, you need to enter into the interactive process. So we had a bit of an interactive process a couple of issues ago, which was someone reported sexual harassment. Right. In this case, the interactive process is what is a well-known term of art for dealing with people who have physical issues at work. Mm -hmm. So what you gotta be able to show is, is that I try to accommodate And I was unable to, and here is why. Here's why I came to my decision. You can get in a lot of trouble for not entering into the interactive process. It's built, it's baked into the rules. Good answers on the string. Document that she came in and why you feel she can't perform her job. You sit her down, you let her know that she needs to take her job description, which should have her physical requirements of her job, sitting uh, 20% standing, what's this person, an assistant standing 80% of the time, has to twist and turn, has to do the X, Y, and Z. All that stuff should be in your job descriptions. She has to go to her physician and get a note that either releases her to work or tells you about any restrictions, and this next part is important, And for how long, right? So it's not light duty, part-time sitting, it's light duty, um, uh, you know, what, whatever the restrictions are and for how long that's the, that's the most important thing to you so that you can then send her back and get a release. Once the doctor certifies her to return to work, you are now much safer when it comes to your Um, Workman's comp uh, insurance because by the way an off the job injury re injured on the job becomes your problem injury yes so if you have a doctor's release that says oh no she's limping I see she's got that cane but I've looked at it she's fine you're that's getting you off the hook getting your and and the reason why you care about your workman's comp insurance because I don't I don't I don't love an insurance company of any kind. I could care less about them. Mm-hmm. Um, is because your rates will go up. I mean that that's the re- that's the reason why you care about this. Um, then you can take a look at the restrictions, um, the time to recover, and then you try to work with her. Look, if it, again we've talked about replacing people and you know all these things, you know you're just going to try and work with her as she gets back to health and and and, and move along. Um, You wanna think of the entire thing as a process on a timeline. You're gonna make notes along the way. Sally came in with a cane, she was limping, she was unable to stand, she was grimacing, the patients were noticing it. She's uh, had to keep one hand on the cane, she needs two hands in order to be able to hand me instruments. I told her it was a problem, I gave her her job description, I asked her to go to her physician and come back and bring me a note.
0: Paul, it seems to me that if most people thought of human resources, um, in the same way that they think of procedures, they'd be so much better off because yep. no doctor is going to do a procedure and not have good detailed notes, or do the or or
1: take all the necessary steps, even if he or she kind of knows. Well, I could skip that and it'd probably be fine, but I'm going to go ahead and do it and document that I did that step, you know, because I'm gonna I'm gonna CYA and maybe the step is needed. Maybe maybe
0: it is actually needed. Now, so you you did bring up something that I wanted to take a step back on. You brought okay. up the sexual harassment case, and then in this instance, we were talking about the job description. Something I was going to say earlier, but I forgot, um, was uh, something that was very important in that particular sexual discrimination uh, post, is if she doesn't have a job description, you're going to have a much harder time even documenting, in a legitimate way, what what deficiencies she had. And so it well, seems like a yeah. job description is so important for so mm-hmm. many reasons that people don't even understand. Is it, right. I And mean, that, that's a good piece of evidence in, this, in that situation.
1: Well, it's, it, um, if you won't communicate to somebody what you expect of them, then how are you going to get out of them what you expect from them? And, and how can you ever claim that they weren't doing it? I can't remember everything that everybody does here. They need a job description in place and it's not to be, it's, it's written well. They can be quite powerful. They help you write job ads. They help you uh, recognize what a person actually does for you. They, they help you, uh, you know, change their position for them with them as they evolve or um, I mean, job
0: descriptions are really great things. We have amazing job descriptions. I I, I have a a lot of docs and they, they're worried that it locks them in or something, or their employer's going to say, "Well, that's not that's my not job." Fine. You know what you do? You write an amendment to the job description, staple it in the book, and say, "We'll sign this." Now it is. Well, no, the, the, the job description says, "In any other duties that we assign to
1: you, it's right. in the job description." So yeah, if anybody ever throws that "It's not my job description" thing out, um, that's 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 there's some other behavioral issues going on there uh, between the two of you. There's some there's some there's some kind of a situation
0: all right, Paul, So um, I think we've got time for one more. You got a doozy for okay.
1: it? Um, I, you know what? This one's going to be quick, all right? Okay. And I may be able to get to a second one. I saw a post. This is out of my wheelhouse, but I'm going to comment on I saw a post where uh, somebody put up a letter that was trying to get a patient to not speak publicly about their treatment through signing an agreement like the one that I saw posted online. And it was basically, you agree not to go online and discuss your treatment. And, you you know, I just want you to know that there was a company back in uh, uh, 10 years ago who was doing this uh, officially. And um, they and the one of the doctors who was using it, uh, the attorney general of the state of New York sued the crap out of them, called it a, a civil rights violation. And mm-hmm. that company is no longer doing that. And that case was settled immediately. Um, I just want you all to know that it, it, somebody had that great idea before you and it's a problem. And we were watching it because we were friends with the people, with the company, because we thought a legal shield like that was pretty cool. So I'm just saying that's, I have seen that already go south. All right, let's get back to HR. All right. I have a former employee whom I work with. Oh, I want to answer this for one of your doctors, for one of your associates. Uh, she's got a form, She's a former uh, associate. She uh, was a W two employee, which she's supposed to be because she's an employee of the practice. Um, when she was leaving, the uh, host doctor asked her to quickly fill out a W nine and to make this associate doctor that. a ten ninety nine for that short period. Um, and then she said, "I was never an independent
0: contractor. It was this normal? Please advise." We um, we had, we had my, a we had an entire episode on. Independent contractors. Okay, guys. Here's the long and short of it. You're not an independent contractor. Neither are hygienists. Don't attempt it. Yeah. Does that yeah, cover it? Right? Well, <laughs> that pretty much covers it. If they're doing the work of your business, they're not independent
1: contractors. <laughs> so in this case, I asked the question was when you were getting paid, were were they withholding taxes? Right. Were, were, were you seeing was Were you seeing um you know when you got your got your commission check or your paycheck, or whatever it was, did you see they withheld for social security and all those things? If that's the case, um, this would be tax fraud. This would be a really bad thing to do. Now, if you were there for a month, hadn't gotten paid yet, and she was trying to flip you from a W-2 to a to a 1099 and just write you a check, um, I don't love that. It doesn't fall in accordance with the law. I would tell you go talk to your CPA about it and ask them what you should do. But if you've already gotten multiple paychecks where they're showing they're withholding taxes, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't agree to that. I would not
0: fill out that paperwork. All right. Um, well, it, uh, it seems like you've wasted another hour. I have. Listening to our voices. I have. Oh, man. So, <laughs> Paul, thank you again for, uh, for yep. sharing some of your knowledge and wisdom here. And again, folks, you can find Paul uh, and his company at, that's your cue, buddy. Yeah. You
1: can, uh, you can find us at Cedar solutions at C E D R solutions with an S.com. Find our website. Um, you can reach out to me, Paul at Cedar Send me an email. If I raise some kind of question or concern, Chris, you're going to post these things. If people are going crazy, um, you'll let me know and
0: I'll drop in and comment or, or provide whatever direction I can. And, and Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to further put you on the spot. Um, Great. what, don't you love it when I do this to you? I do. So it's, it's because you're a damn drummer, man. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, did you see my uh, my little djembe up there? I did. That's cute. So uh, it, it's a tiny little thing. It's for my daughter. She loves just making some uh-huh. oh, uh, oh, I'll I that. I'll send her out here to the studio and let her beat the crap out of the drums. So
1: That's, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's
1: a good place for the drums. Yeah.
0: So I want to find out that you and I had talked about uh, doing some sort of a, a TVOD discount or something. I want you to figure yeah. something up off the air so I don't put you really on the spot. Okay. But, uh, if these guys do call, um, when you figured it out, if they mention TBOD, you take care of them for me.
1: Yeah, I will go ahead and take care of them for you. And when we're off the air, you and I will talk about that. Maybe next time when we're on and we're doing some of these episodes, we'll just end it by letting everybody know what that offer is. And it'll just be, it'll be, you know, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be better than you can get if you just called in or get from someplace else. I can, I can definitely give everybody who calls in a a discount on support. Fantastic.
0: Oh, and uh, when you figure it out, uh, email me and I'll bring you on for a live on on uh, the Facebook group, and then you can um, you can tell everybody what the details are.
1: And just go through the thing. So yeah. So everybody, look, we're employee handbooks, custom crafted training. We are support. It's very, very important. You've heard the support that you get here, and you know we offer it, it all the way. And we're software as well. So we, we provide some really good HR software to go.
0: Contracts too, guys. These yep. guys write as an in industry, and and yep. I mean that both as an associate and as the dentist hiring them. So yes, check out Cedar Solutions, Paul. If they say they have TBO, if, if they say they're in TBOD, just take care of them. You guys, take very, very good care. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming today uh, and, and giving us the benefit of your wisdom, your knowledge. Guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Deer Doc Podcast. I hope that you got something out of va- a value out of it, and um, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast. Your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major
1: platforms.